0: In 1996, I arrived at a Moscow airport um, at midnight with 30,000 pounds sterling strapped to my stomach. In today's money, that's $70,000. I was a mountain guide, at the time working for a firm in London, and I was about to go for a season in the big mountains of Central Asia. I was going via Moscow to meet with the agency who were going to support us, hence other money, and the eight duffel bags of mountaineering equipment I had to drag with me. I arrive, oh, leaving London, one clear warning. Whatever you do in Moscow or in, in an airport, do not get in a taxi. You will never reach your destination. You'll be mugged, you'll be robbed, and you might be killed. This had happened a lot at this time. We were eight years after the war, and it was still the Soviet bloc. It really felt like it. I come into the arrivals hall, and there's no one to meet me. It's now 1 AM. I have no friends, no language, don't speak Russian. My first visit to Russia, and uh, one contact number. I call, I call, I call, I call, I leave messages, nothing. The arrivals hall is this huge concrete hall. Nothing fancy, white tile, very seedy concrete floors, pillars, no cafes, no chairs, almost no people. And um, a few seedy, petty criminal types hanging around. Um, I pile my bags up against a pillar And I'm standing there and uh, I'm feeling very tired, very vulnerable, kind of pissed. And um, the money is burning a hole in my stomach. Um, I knew that the few people in the black leather trenches, the black bomber jackets and the hats who were giving me the eye, I knew that they knew that I didn't have anybody or any resources. And I had this sense that something was going to happen soon, that they were going to, someone was going to take me down. Um, there was a wall of glass and outside it was chucking it down with rain. There was a row of taxis right there. and. I had this tension between standing at the pillar for the rest of the night until somebody came to find me, or watching these guys figure out that they could take me. A man comes directly at me, eye contact. He's really smartly dressed. He's in a cream trench coat, smart, well-groomed, has a briefcase, shiny shoes, and he comes directly at me and he says, are you in trouble? Do you need help? And I realize I have to make a decision right there to admit publicly my vulnerability and be at his mercy, or say, no, I'm fine, I'll just stay here. And I decide to trust him. He looks great. (laughs) I tell him that I haven't been met, and I don't know what to do. He says, do you want me to help you find a hotel? And I say, yes, please. So he goes and gets a taxi, we pile all my stuff in. He gets in the front with the Russian cab driver and I get in the back seat, all my stuff's in the boot and in the seat with me. And we pull away from the airport. As we get out of the lights, we're in a very narrow road, a long corridor of trees, spruce trees, the cones of the car, the lashing rain, and very black and white, very funeral in Berlin, Michael Caine, spies, Soviets. (laughs) And we're, we're, as we get into this wilderness of trees and leave the lights of the airport behind, I realize I'm in the taxi with two guys. I'm outnumbered, and I have no idea where we're going. Eventually, 20 minutes later, we come to the edge of Moscow, the lights, you know, the lights of the city, huge, big warehouse buildings, three blocks long, five stories high, and um, narrow streets hardly any light anywhere and uh, cobbles were bouncing and we we stop still raining cats and dogs and um, my friend says i'll check he comes out into the um building back out there isn't any room and i think how can there not be any room in there we go on and the streets get narrower eventually there's big industrial lighting chain link fences, barbed wire. And as we bounce over some railroad tracks into a railroad siding, a sea of discarded railroad carriages, I know this is the place I'm going to die. And I grab my rucksack and I'm looking inside this little larder. I'm looking for the latch of the, the, the door and I'm gonna throw myself out we come around the corner and there's a red velvet awning and a light and a neat pair of, a neat set of wooden steps into a perfect wood-paneled foyer. And uh, my friend jumps out and he says, checks, comes back, he says, they have a room and this sea of railway cars is a hotel. <laughs> They're all connected, sleeper cars. He says, only there's only one room and I'm like "Uh uh-huh this is the payment somehow (laughs) Um, and I think well you're not dead so that's one good thing we drag our stuff down the narrow corridors of these uh, sleeper cars and we come into an immaculately clean sleeper carriage two bunks bunk and he gets onto the lower bunk in very gentlemanly fashion, and I get onto the top and I'm lying there like this, thinking, oh, just wait for something to happen. <laughs> Nothing happens. I hardly get any sleep. In the morning, he buys me breakfast. He calls the agency. He um, totally regales them for abandoning me. Um, he tells me about his life in Siberia and his family in the Urals. and. Um, I am safely reunited with the agency who are going to look after me in Moscow. And I realized that the man who for one moment was going to kill me actually saved my bacon. Thank you for listening.